0: Hi, this is representative Dan Miller. Thank you for tuning in to On The Table. Um, I have a little, just some information here for you before we begin. Uh, obviously, Alzheimer's is a um, horrendous uh, disease. Uh, here in our office, we have attempted over the several years to always offer some discussion uh and to try and figure out how we can provide greater resources how we can you know work to make a difference for families and individuals loved ones who are being impacted by the disease sometimes at remarkably scary young ages Um, and that led us to a town hall discussion Um, what we have here for you today is the audio recording of that town hall that we did this past fall Um, you could actually in the audio here you'll notice or hear occasionally some references to a a visual presentation that was done uh, by one or two of our presenters the actual visuals you can get in two ways number one is you can go to our uh, website at repdanmiller.com actually the whole presentation is there as a community webinar you can see the visuals or you can email us um, at um, repmiller at pahouse.net and ask us for any visual that is provided uh, that was provided to us And we will obviously pass it on to you. Um, But otherwise, we do hope that you uh, will get some value. We're going to be talking here about the state's Alzheimer's uh, plan, um, where I think it's uh, a bit short, hopefully where we need to go, hopefully where we will be going uh, in the coming um, year or two. We don't have a lot of time. We have numbers that are are going to be getting worse. Uh, And like we all know, Alzheimer's is a, a devastating disease, Um, And and it's not only challenging for those who are impacted directly, but all the family that obviously and typically struggles to meet the needs as best they can for as long as they can. Uh, And nothing robs people more. Don't get me wrong. There are horrible diseases, but few things, anyhow, rob people uh, more than Alzheimer's when it comes to taking away yourself. Anyhow, um, we hope this uh, presentation is of some value. Again, thank you for tuning in uh, and reach out if needed. OK, hello. Uh, thank you for joining us. Uh, I am representative Dan Miller. Thank you for uh, joining us um, wherever or however you're watching us. And uh, I'll tell you, I I, um, I still do rely on doing some of these virtual uh, meetings and discussions, so I very much appreciate everybody because I know we have some people from across the state who are joining us as well. Uh, just a couple uh, things of, of housekeeping, of course. Um, you know we always appreciate any questions that are emailed in by all means please do for those who are watching uh, live uh we will of course be recording it we will uh have it available for rebroadcast uh through a variety of our platforms afterwards so if you miss any part of it of course uh, you know it's there um and you know just before i get into our panel uh discussions uh panelists here too i want to just mention how glad i am and appreciative uh that i am to have people here Look, the, the reality of it is, it's um, you know before the pandemic in particular, we would always do an Alzheimer event of some type, you know, and it's one of those issues where, um, you know, to be honest, I, I feel like we we don't focus enough on on in Harrisburg, uh, and uh, the impact not only is massive for those who are going through the challenge of Alzheimer's now, uh, but it's likely just going to magnify um, and cause a bus, a bunch of system. Uh, sort of red flags and and maybe failures as we go forward, and that's what concerns me, Um, you know, looking ahead to where certain projections and needs uh, and funding needs to be in order for us to be able to help. Um, You know, obviously there's things on the cure side uh, in the health side that I think we have to continue to keep making investments, but while we're trying to figure out better ways to provide treatments and care. We also have to be talking about those who are going through the system now or who will shortly be entering the system and how best we could help them uh, access um, and and obviously with all the types of questions that come up with it, it it can be incredibly challenging so. That's why I'm glad to kind of bring some people who know it better than I do uh, to come and talk and let's figure out a little bit where we are as a state uh, get a little bit of an update so I have four guests with me today which I very much appreciate each guest has been kind enough to give me a bio. Um, I I will be doing them all a disservice, okay? So I will not read every aspect uh, of them, uh, of their bios, but you know, we will go into it. But thank you all, all four of you for joining us here today. So let me give you a little bit of insight as to who we have. Uh, first, we have uh, Melissa Myers. Uh, Melissa is the Executive Policy Specialist in the Policy Office at the Department of Health. Thank you, Melissa. She started her career for the uh, House of Representatives in the Democratic Caucus, where she worked for over 12 years in several roles. Oh, wow, a whole bunch of things. All right, Melissa, I see that. Uh, she then joined the Department of Aging's uh, legislative team, uh, and uh, where she worked as a, spec- a legislative specialist and Director of Ledge Affairs. Uh, and she ended up returning to the DOH, not too, actually a little bit before the pandemic. Uh, so uh, I guess Melissa's from Pittsburgh, so we appreciate that. Graduated from uh, Slippery Rock as well. So thank you, uh, Melissa, for being here with us. Uh, Julie, and, and help me with that. I'm going to say Sebi. I, I'm not sure if I have it right. Sebi. You tell CB. me. Sebi. Yeah. There you it. go. Thank you, thank Julie. Thank you. Sebi, yes. Julie is the chief of the. Older Americans Act Service Division has been with the Department of Aging for eight years. Uh, She began as Aging Service Specialist for the Northwest Region of the State in the Division of Housing and Community Service and transitioned to the Chief of the Division in 2018 before assuming her current role uh, just last, last year. Her previous experience includes working with the Department of Human Services as a program specialist in the Medical Assistance Long-Term Care Policy Unit, and as an income uh, ma- maintenance caseworker. I tell you what, um, Julie, there's so many titles, right? There's so many, and this is where, by the way, I, I like to talk with people too, because uh, all these you know, things sometimes gets very confusing for people where they're like, what does that mean? What does this mean? But you have you've done a lot. So I'm sure we'll hear a little bit more about how those things all impact today's discussion. So thank you for sharing um uh, I also have Brent is it Brendan Hanley do I got that right Brendan thank you uh is the uh, safety and support chief uh a division chief at the Allegheny County area uh, agency on aging in his role he has oversight of several programs including other uh other adult protective services options care management career support program again a lot of things brendan has worked at the area aging um, agency on aging since 2009 a lot of experience brendan thank you we always appreciate you the county uh jumping in and then finally is uh, Jen. i'm going to assume it's ebersole so did i get it no maybe
1: jen ebersole
0: I did get it, so all right, all right. Um, Jen is a seasoned Pennsylvania government relations professional with 18 years of experience managing a variety of responsibilities, legislation, regulations, and other policies, state policies. Uh, she carried out the, these responsibilities previously in the office of uh, State Senator Costa, uh, the Pennsylvania Department of Health, uh, legislative and policy offices, and the American Heart Association. Uh, Jen joined the Alzheimer's Association in February of 2019 as the director of state government affairs uh to, and obviously manages all those responsibilities and so i tell you it is always great uh, and i appreciate um the alzheimer's association for their advocacy work um you know they are one of the first groups who came to speak to me when i got elected so i do appreciate that too so look we have a lot of uh, uh, information that's coming that was a quick and like i said a disservice to all four of my guests to try and quickly go through their great bios, and even then we scratch the surface. What we're going to do today is we're going to go through, um, uh, I think starting with Melissa, go through uh, each one of the guests uh, to get some update on a couple things, and then we're going to be talking some questions um, You know, at the end of it here. Uh, so I, I'm very much, for those of you who can't see uh, me, I already got my notepad. All right, so I'm ready to write down some thoughts and questions as we go, and I definitely appreciate people. Look, the key thing is there's a state plan okay there's a state plan here in pennsylvania now i'm going to be honest with you i i don't hear a lot about the state plan all right and that's why i thought it'd be great for us to kind of focus on where we are how's it working how's it not working i know there were some things that were requested this past budget year i don't think those requests were met we got to still Kind of give an update here on, on, on what I believe is a lot of interest for people to go okay look my family's in my family's coming in I have loved ones in this year what do they at home need to advocate for reps and senators to be like look if this is something that matters uh, to you and your family here please uh, reach out so these are all things here that we're trying to do uh, to get updated and also encourage people to talk to other elected officials uh, as well, to make sure that maybe next year we can get closer and closer to fulfilling every aspect of the state plan. Well, that being said though, let's figure out a bit where we are now. So I think we're going to go to Melissa. Uh, So Melissa, you're kicking us off, right?
2: Yes, I believe so.
0: All right, so Melissa, thank you. I'm going to shut up for a bit and uh, I got my pen in hand. So please, Melissa, go ahead.
2: Okay, thank you, Representative. Um, Hello, everybody. What I'm first going to do here is I'm going to share my screen. I'm going to start off with a very quick PowerPoint. I'm going to talk about Act 9 of 2022. Now, as you can tell, that was something that was um, very recently uh, put into law. And what that is, is the early detection and diagnosis of Alzheimer's disease or a related disorder um now well what exactly does that mean okay um it means that as of earlier the house and the senate and that would be earlier of this year they signed a bill into law um that said you know what that the resources that are currently out there are okay but you know i think we need to have a little bit more of something for our providers and then um, also for the general public we need something where they can go to and um, get some information so what we did was we went ahead and we um, started developing the website i'm gonna get into that in a little bit but um, this was effective um, like i said earlier this year on april 10th going me get on the next slide. Um, and again, it really furthers the discussion about how Pennsylvania can enhance our efforts um, to improve the care support services for all of those impacted by Alzheimer's disease um, and related dementias. Um, so what it specifically did was require health um, to put together information, make it publicly accessible, which we did through a website. And we also do have available on the website handouts um, and it also asked us to put together some educational resources um, for for our medical personnel that are out there. Um, But what I'm gonna primarily focus on today for this audience is the website information. So I'm gonna go ahead and um, go to the website. The first feature I wanna show you is that we do have um, for our, um, non-english speaking um folks out there um we do have over a hundred different languages that we can translate this information into um, so we we wanted to make sure that you were aware of that um also um the first part of the website outlines what is alzheimer's disease what is a related disorder um, if you go ahead that we do um take this to links um onto uh, the National Institutes of Health, as well as um, the National Aging webpages, as well as specific information on some of the dementias that maybe aren't as prevalent as Alzheimer's disease, um, but do affect a lot of individuals. Um, And one particular resource I did want to pull up that might be helpful to your audience is, let's say you or you have a family member and you're not quite sure you know, what might be happening. Um, what this um, information does is, it provides the different types of dementia, the primary types, um, the most um, diagnosed types. And then it also um, gives a quick breakdown as to, and I apologize, this is not pulling up, but there we go. It gives a quick breakdown for the symptoms as well as the typical age of the diagnosis um, of of Alzheimer's disease, as well as related dementias. Um, So that is something that's just a page long and you can take a quick look at. to also go ahead and go into um, we do have additional resources on alzheimer's disease um, specifically highlighting how minorities and women are at greater risk for the disease um, and then also um, we wanted to make sure that um, we highlighted um, really the good work that the department of aging has done for many years um, relating to alzheimer's disease and related disorders um, including um, their area agencies on aging which is a great resource to utilize um so we do highlight the signs and symptoms of Alzheimer's disease, um, as well as um, what to do. So so what what does it mean, right? what suppose I'm my loved one is forgetting, but I don't know if it is what's considered normal forgetfulness or if it's maybe something a little bit more serious. So what we did was we pulled together this um, pamphlet from the National Institutes of Health to try and help help you decipher between what is mild forgetfulness and when do I really need to be concerned? Perhaps it's something more serious like Alzheimer's disease or one of the other related dementias. So again, this is something um, that you can directly link to uh, from our website. Um, and again, not to take away anything from Jen or the Alzheimer's Association, but this was a great resource and I apologize, Jen, if you were going to pull this up. Um, we wanted to make sure we put this on our website, and it's from the something that the Alzheimer's Association put together. Um, when you do go visit your doctor, um, what is information that you should be prepared to discuss, um, especially since we know that um, when you're speaking with medical personnel, um, sometimes um, you may not feel like you have a lot of time um, to get out your questions. Um, so this, um, like I said, is a really great resource from the Alzheimer's Association um, with questions to ask, information that um, you should be prepared um, to share um, with your doctor um, or medical personnel when you talk about um, possibly you or a loved one um, having having any of these diseases. Um, we did also um, include some additional resources here. Um, ARPS, um, Family Caregiver Guides. Um, we know the strain that Alzheimer's disease has on caregiving. Um, so what we did was we went to make sure that folks knew that um, there was not only a, a family caregiving guide that that is free out there, but then also it comes with, with in different languages as well, or um, is catered to um, certain certain audiences out there as well. Um so really where does the department of health kind of kind of come in on this? Um so you know we know that adults with health issues have a higher risk of of memory problems. So um we also wanted to put up um can it necessarily be prevented? We don't know, but um we did want to highlight risk factors that that have been associated with Alzheimer's and um how we can take care of ourselves healthy aging healthy brain initiative um eat a healthy diet um treat hearing problems try and stay mentally active um and then towards the end of our webpage, page um, again this is helpful but like representative miller said some of you may not have you know maybe you don't have access to the inter- internet maybe you um don't necessarily like going on the internet. Maybe you'd rather speak to someone face to face. So we do have a couple of phone numbers listed here of um, including the Alzheimer's Association um, as to um where you can get some help if you do want to talk to somebody. So that um yeah. yep. well
0: you know and obviously so what we basically have here on, on DOH is what should be, I imagine uh, a great collection of starter resources for people uh to to understand a little bit more. And one quick thing here, you know, I, I know we're gonna, you know, move to Julie as well, but um I know you mentioned first the languages on this site. Um which is great. It's great to have obviously that capability. I think technology is moving in a good direction. Well, um, is is this website that you guys here have developed with Alzheimer's? Is this compatible with any, with the software that are needed for those who are visually impaired to be able to to get this information as well?
2: Um, I I believe it is, um, but I will have to double check with my folks on that just to make sure I, I believe that it is. I believe in the top right hand corner. Um, there is some information, and let me stop sharing my screen here too. I believe there is a voice translation as well, but that is something I would like to, I would like to um, talk to my folks about and get back yeah, to on that. And,
0: and it's just, in, you know, we'll we'll go into more details with, but it is always something that concerns me a bit, uh, which is when we're talking about accessibility and, and having information up there. You know, we have mm-hmm. to be sure that one way or the other, those who are, are visually impaired to any degree can see this information. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and and obviously, too, what you put up there is, is sort of the starter. Nobody's getting diagnosed with, uh, with Alzheimer's over, the, uh, over DOH's website, right? So, Correct.
2: Right, yeah. right. Yeah. And we even highlight that at the end that, you know, we do have this information out there for folks, but really the best people to talk to are the medical personnel who can make the official diagnoses.
0: Well, no doubt about that. And so thank you, Melissa, for giving us a little bit of rundown of what the state uh, has put together for resources on uh, on the web. That is great. Let's go over to Julie Seavey, um, and I think we're gonna get a little bit more into the task force and to the state plan. Uh, Julie, please.
3: Great, thank you so much, Representative Miller. I'm going to share my screen. I have a very short sh- PowerPoint as well. I'm honored to be here with everyone to talk about the great work happening in Pennsylvania around Alzheimer's disease and related disorders. We commonly refer to that as ADRD. And I'll be speaking to you, um, like Representative Miller Miller mentioned, about the ADRD state plan and the work of the Pennsylvania Department of Aging and our task force. In February of 2013, Governor Corbett signed an executive order establishing the Pennsylvania Alzheimer's Disease State Planning Committee as a call to action in order to address the growing ADRD epidemic occurring within our Commonwealth. The committee was charged with creating a plan for Pennsylvania to address and to respond to this growing epidemic. The executive order established the committee Um, within the Department of Aging, and also prescribed the composition of the committee. And this included legislators, representatives from various sectors, and a representative from the Department of Health, and what was previously known as the Department of Public Welfare, now we know as the Department of Human Services. The executive order called on the Secretary of Aging, who was Brian Duke at the time, to serve as the chair so in 2014 the planning committee issued their pa state plan for adrd the adrd state plan it's not a plan for the department of aging to carry out on our own the adrd state plan is a plan for all of pennsylvania addressing adrd is larger than any one organization or sector can address really by itself. It requires partnerships and collaboration among various stakeholders, particularly at the local level, to move the needle forward in addressing the needs of this growing population. It's a plan for any agency, any organization, any provider, any community, really anyone who interacts with, provides services to, does research on, or cares for an individual living with ADRD or their families or caregiver. The plan provides a framework of goals, objectives, and strategies that anyone can take a piece of and implement in their organization or community. The plan was a first step to identify recommended priorities and set a course of direction for PA.
2: So The plan was a set of recommendations to the governor.
3: Please see the re- recommendations on the PowerPoint. The strategies suggested in the plan, and there are many of them, they're not mandates and there's no requirement to carry out each and every one of these recommendations. However, one of those recommendations was for the Department of Aging to convene an annual ADRD summit or forum to share progress being made and best practices that could be shared across the state. We hosted our first ADRD forum in November of 2016 or 2016, I'm sorry, and we have continually annu- and have continued annually since then. So we host the forums each November, and this year the forum will be held virtually on November 3rd. We highlight the best practices happening in PA um, during this forum this year. So registration will be available in October, so please be on the lookout for that if you're interested in attending, and I encourage you to do so. So now, just to give you a little bit of history on our ADRD Task Force, the Department of Aging is a very small agency, and we have a very small complement of staff. We have one specialist who has responsibility for activities related to ADRD, but they also have other responsibilities as well. So our task force was not a recommendation of the state plan. The idea for creating the task force was developed around the end of 2017 with the intent to help us advance whatever objectives we could within our scope at the local level, identify best practices to to be shared across the state and to really assist us with the development of the content for the ADRD Forum each year. Its design was not as an advisory committee to the department really, but rather a boots on the ground working group comprised of people who had their finger on the pulse of what's going on in their communities, who had that passion for working with this population, and who could help identify local best practices that could be shares shared and also advance objectives at their local level where they could. At our annual forum held in November of 2017, we formally announced our desire to create this task force. We handed out forms for anyone who wanted to be considered for serving. We wanted a diverse task force with representation from across the state Therefore, members were selected based on a number of factors, geographical location being one of them, but also what population or sector of the community they represented. And additionally, we wanted representation from individuals living with ADRD and caregivers of individuals living with ADRD. So our task force was officially created in early 2018. Initially, our task force consisted of 15 members with two co-chairs. However, you know we've had some members come and go and eventually decided the task force could function with one chair. There's no set term limits for the task force members, but our chair serves a two-year term. And we just elected a new chair in January. Each year, the task force identifies priorities for the year. Priority areas have been around creating dementia-friendly communities, early detection diagnosis and treatment, racial disparities and inequities in receiving early detection diagnosis and treatment, and most recently on provider and consumer education about ADRD and the importance of early detection diagnosis and treatment. I mentioned dementia-friendly communities, and I'd like to take just a minute to talk about this as it was an initial priority of the task force. There's an ADRD state plan goal related to dementia friendly communities and the Jewish Healthcare Foundation, who happens to be the license holder for Dementia Friends PA, is also represented on, on our task force. Dementia Friends is a global movement changing the way people think, act and talk about dementia. We partnered with them to target Dementia Friends informational sessions to our network and to other s- sectors. Currently, as of of September 1st, there are 9,329 Dementia Friends in PA, so we're really hoping to hit 10,000 by the end of this year. These informational sessions are facilitated by a volunteer who's called a champion, and our goal is to have a champion located in every county, and we're getting there. We also worked with Dementia Friends to translate their materials into other languages to reach culturally diverse and underserved populations. Something else I wanted to share with you um, was the infographic shown on the slide. This is something that our task force created. And when you have the opportunity, I encourage you to visit our website to see information related to early detection and diagnosis, which is a direct result of the infographic I just showed you. The task force is also working to identify ways to reach out to physicians to stress the importance of early detection and diagnosis. Thank you for the opportunity to speak with you all today. Representative Miller, I'll turn it back to you.
0: Yes, yes, thank you. uh, a lot of good information there, uh, and always appreciate the slides too. I think uh, we got to find a way to to see if we can grab these and, and just be sure that we put them uh, out there for people as well. So uh, if, if my staff doesn't have them yet, uh, we will ask for them. Uh, so, uh, but thank you for all that information. We'll come back to you as well. But let's go to Brendan over at the at the county and uh, the uh, the AAA. So, uh, Brendan, by all means, my friend, uh, please take it away.
4: Thanks, Representative Miller. And and good afternoon uh, to everyone watching. Um, Thanks for having me. My name is Brendan Hanley. I'm a division chief at the Allegheny County Area Agency on Aging. I don't have slides, but but I think we can share out some information after. But what I am gonna talk about are services available uh, for folks in Allegheny County and also for folks tuning in in other counties. What I would just say right off the top is there are 52 AAAs across the state of Pennsylvania and most of the programs that I'm going to talk about from the Allegheny County side are available at the AAA that that represents your, your county or region. So first, I would say our the Area Agency on Aging typically provides services for individuals 60 and over. There are exceptions to that, and I would encourage you um, to reach out to our senior line. I'm going to provide the phone number in a moment if you have any kind of question about your eligibility for any of the programs that, that I'm going to speak about. But our Area Agency on Aging serves all kinds of folks, um, seniors themselves, but also their caregivers, their families. We also work with community partners and social workers. Um, The first step to receiving services through our agency, or if you just have a question about really anything, our policy, we call it no wrong door at our senior line, is if we don't have the answer, we're gonna point you in the direction where you can get at that answer. And our Senior Line's phone number is 412-350-5460 or toll-free 1-800-344-4319. And our Senior Line really is the gateway to receiving services through our agency. It's manned by what we call care managers um, on our phones who are very experienced in terms of hearing an issue you may have in pointing you in the right direction of either the service or resource that that could best assist you so what kind of services are available Um, home delivered meals uh, caregiver support counseling for health insurance if you have a question or need just kind of pointed in the right direction on making a decision about health insurance legal resources um, volunteer opportunities for folks who are interested We also operate a network of senior centers throughout Allegheny County that have a wide array of activities and also many have meals um, available throughout the day. Then we also help run our farmers market voucher program once a year that is very popular, as well as an older adult protective services unit that, that I'll mention how to make a report to in a moment. But once again, I just wanted to repeat that senior line phone number 412 350 5460 or the toll free 1 800 344 4319. And if you live in a county that's not Allegheny and you need to get a hold of your local area agency on aging, you can also call our senior line and we'll make sure you get connected. We also have a program called the Caregiver Support Program that I wanted to talk about, and that's for a friend or family member who's caring for a loved one. This is a program that helps provide reimbursement and training and resources to folks who are caregivers. Anyone who who has been a caregiver or is a caregiver knows knows how challenging it can be. The Caregiver Support Program exists to provide you respite or also just to help lighten the load financially with with monthly reimbursement. The first step um, to discussing if you're interested in that program is to call our senior line. Additionally, we have what, what's called options care management. Options care management is for individuals 60 and over um, who have a need for, um, whether it be personal care in the home, whether it be someone just to come in and do a little sweeping up or help make a help make a meal. Um, it also is a program that provides home delivered meals for seniors as well as what we call personal supplies. If, if you know a senior who is in need of, Um, uh, like nutritional supplies or or um, pull ups things like that options can help offset the cost of some of those things. Uh, Additionally, the program can also help offset the cost for um, what we call home modifications. This would be like a lift chair, a stair ride, um, things along those lines. Um, The options program, like I said, serves individuals 60 and over. The first step is calling our senior line. If if you yourself or you know someone who, who may benefit from this. And the last program that I just wanted to touch on quickly is a really important one, and that's older adult protective services certainly for uh, any older adult but especially folks who have um, either dementia or alzheimer's um, older adult protective services serves to keep older adults safe the phone number for older adult protective services picks up 24 hours a day seven days a week the toll-free number is 1-800-490-8505 If you had a concern for yourself, for a loved one, for a neighbor, we would encourage you to contact Older Adult Protective Services. It's also important to know that callers to the Older Adult Protective Services hotline can remain anonymous. Uh, But our Older Adult Protective Services unit investigates all different types of abuse, neglect, we call financial exploitation, which is a growing problem across the state, as well as as well as well what we call self neglect. If an older adult resides on their own and is unable to, to care for themselves. If you had a concern, we would encourage you to call Older Adult Protective Services at that 1-800-490-8505. We have a wide array of services beyond just what I talked about briefly. And again, I would encourage you to call our senior line if you'd like to know a little bit more. Thanks, Representative Miller.
0: Thank you, Brendan. I appreciate it. I, I want to jump to Jen because I think Jen jumps in and out a little bit here with her internet. So hopefully we have her for just a little bit, anyhow. Uh, Jen, do you, do you got us?
1: I I have you guys. Do you have me? We
0: have you. <laughs> okay. So, uh, yes. Yes. Uh, so, so first of you, all, go ahead.
1: Yep, representative Miller. Thank you so much. And if I do have to jump from my um, screen to my phone, I will. I'm, I'm ready for that. So I'll just apologize in advance for that, um, but certainly wanted to just thank you so much for for having us here and um, really briefly. I thought it would be great to just um uh let folks know who are viewing a little bit about the alzheimer's association wanted to let folks know who the alzheimer's association is where we are in the community Um, and so here at the alzheimer's association uh, we are a worldwide volunteer voluntary health organization uh, dedicated to alzheimer's care support and research and we also lead the way to end alzheimer's and other dementias by accelerating Global research, driving risk reduction and early detection and maximizing quality care and support for all that are impacted by the disease and right here in Pennsylvania, in addition to all over the country, um, we are here for the community. So we are here for your constituents. Um, If you or anyone is impacted by the disease and need help, um, we are here to help support you. And we do that through our 24-7 toll-free hotline. Um, It is available. It's a free service. It's available around the clock, 365 days a year. Um, And we offer confidential support and information to anyone that is working through this disease. And we have master's level uh, clinical staff that are there to support you in any way that they can. We also have virtual and in-person support groups um, that are available to um, and again uh, those that are living with the disease or caregivers um, that offer um, support and conversations through through peer discussions or professionally guided conversations so would encourage um, folks if you want to learn more about our support groups to please um, access that information. Uh, We also offer free, live education programs that are delivered in-person or virtually, um, and they offer a range of classes like Alzheimer's and Dementia Basics, um, healthy living for your brain and body, and caregiving tips, including how to manage your money. And then lastly, we have our community resource finder. So if anyone is looking for information or services, whether it is home and community based services or long term care or support groups, if you're looking to find where those services are located within your local community, Uh, You can access our Community Resource Finder. Uh, This is a free program that we have available in conjunction with AARP um, that you can access information there. And the Alzheimer's Association, we are also the leading Alzheimer's advocacy organization dedicated to, um, you know, working to advance with and through the Alzheimer's impact movement um, to to work on policy changes at both the federal and state level um, to improve the lives of all of those impacted. And in doing so, we recruit a nationwide network, and certainly we we boast a, a strong representation here in Pennsylvania um, of volunteer advocates, and they help to ensure that our messages about care and support and research is heard at every level of state government. And truly, it is um, I think part of the reason why we are here with you today is the result of some of our advocacy efforts, um, and you know. So much we hear that so often, and, and I think we see a lot of this in Pennsylvania as well, um, people view Alzheimer's as an aging issue or they only worry about it um, you know, older in life. And while the biggest risk factor, of course, is age, that certainly is very far um, from the case. And in fact, Alzheimer's and other dementias, it is a growing public health challenge and it's profoundly impacting the physical, emotional, and financial health of all of those impacted. And typically when we say, you know, what makes a public health problem a public health issue? And it's really looking at three major things. When the burden is large, the impact is major, but there's ways to intervene against something and that's what makes something a public health issue and with Alzheimer's that certainly is the case and I'm going to provide just some numbers um, just to try to showcase the impact of Alzheimer's here in Pennsylvania so we currently have 280,000 Pennsylvanians that are age 65 or older living with the disease we know we expect that number is going to um, increase by 14 percent to 320,000 individuals by just 2025. That's just three years from now, two and a half years from now, actually. Um, We also have 401,000 unpaid caregivers. Those are typically friends and family that are providing unpaid care for those living with the disease. We also know when we talk about the cost of care, Alzheimer's and dementia is one of the most expensive diseases that, um, you know, to actually the cost of caring for somebody with Alzheimer's. And when you look at the state Medicaid dollars, um, in 2020, almost $3.7 billion in Medicaid costs were paid out caring for somebody with Alzheimer's. And that number is projected to increase 10% again in just two and a half years. And so we look at these numbers, and these numbers are just growing and they're projected to grow. Um, and, you know, especially when we think about. We understand now today that the brain changes associated with Alzheimer's and dementia take root many years um, before any even some in some cases decades before any symptoms may occur and um, behaviors and health conditions um, even earlier than that can impact a person's uh, risk for cognitive decline later in life. In fact, research is showing us that doing things that are healthy for the heart is healthy for the brain engaging in physical activity and other modifiable risk factors actually can uh, uh, slow the progression of cognitive decline and essentially delay dementia Um, and so it's really important that Um, You know, we need to be looking at this issue, not just from the aging lens. We really do need to be starting to look at this issue about how public health can intervene because public health really does actively promote health at all ages and stages of life, and they use population health strategies to change those outcomes. And so I'm going to stop presenting here so that we can talk a little bit more. Is everybody still hearing me Okay. Yeah, I'm no, still no. Here.
0: Yeah, we got you, Jen, and and okay. thank you, thank you for all that information. I'll invite everybody to uh, to join us uh, here. We do have some questions that have come both in the chat and also uh, also uh, through email. So uh, first, I I had made reference, and I don't think we actually got into it here, but I had made reference to a, a budget request that was uh, done for this year. Uh, so um, I don't, Jen, maybe if you want to kind of give us a little uh, update on what was requested.
1: Sure, yeah, so thank you so much, Representative Miller. So, you know, I talked about, it, and I'm so thankful that both the Department of Aging and Department of Health are here because they've been just wonderful partners um, in this process. And so, you know, you you heard Julie talk about the state plan And some of the initiatives that have been happening, um, you know, more so at the community level and best practices. Um, You heard Melissa talk about um, the early detection diagnosis legislation that was passed earlier this year. Um, And those truly have been a result of, um, you know, especially with Act 9, um, the Act 9 implementation. That really was the result of our advocates saying we need to do more. And actually, it was exciting to see that with Act 9 for the first time in history um, in Pennsylvania brought this issue under that public health lens. And that's kind of the perspective that we're coming at. We really do need to be also looking at this disease in the same way that public health addresses other leading chronic diseases. Alzheimer's is the the sixth leading cause of death and it is a chronic disease and there are things that you can do to modify that. And so When we're looking at where we need to go in the future, and especially when we are, you know, working with the families and we're hearing from our constituents about what needs to happen, Pennsylvania needs to do more. And that's really where we're looking at, you know, really taking the the work that has been done already, um, you know, Julie talked through about some of the things and the initiatives that the Department of Aging has been doing they're doing all of those without dedicated state funding and she also mentioned that the staff that's currently in place. They are doing many other things. And so what we're really trying to advocate for and what we feel is really necessary in Pennsylvania is to create a public health infrastructure. And that infrastructure is then to be that internal advocate for government to act as conveners and collaborators to look at those best practices to pull that together to look at other funding opportunities that are available at the federal level. But Pennsylvania is missing out right now because there isn't this focused internal advocate coordinated approach at the government level that can help pull those necessary stakeholders that can help engage at the state level and really mobilize around so many of those recommendations that are in the state plan. Um, And so we were looking at building this, you know, creating this public health infrastructure through um, legislation that would, in fact, establish a mandate because, again, as Julie mentioned, Uh, The executive order was not mandated. And so there isn't anything in statute that requires accountability and collaboration and cross departmental collaboration.
0: Okay, Jen. How much were you
1: asking for? So we are actually moving forward as we look to also help support the implementation of Act 9 because there are some components of Act 9 that are not being fully implemented. We are looking for this next um, legislative session at about a $750,000 appropriation to support this public health infrastructure on dementia.
0: Okay. All right uh
1: i'm sorry so I'm, I'm i'm wearing my advocate hat i get no, very no, confused. Okay. There, there was a
0: lot there okay i know well i appreciate it so and, and by the way if you can you could um stop sharing your screen as well uh oh, that, okay. that, that's fine as my well allergies. thank you no no it's all good uh so uh julie um uh melissa uh, if you can I, i'd love to get some thoughts obviously we've heard from alzheimer's association with. What they think would be helpful here. You know, um we had a couple questions here with people saying, hey, um, you know, how are we measuring goals? Right? So uh how many goals have been accomplished uh you know say in the last four years or so. So how would you guys characterize the progress that we're making? Um uh obviously we're talking a bit too about you know that there aren't uh maybe some teeth into a couple things that that, that could be helpful. So uh Julie, Melissa, um in particular, uh just any, any
3: thoughts on that? You know, it's really hard um to really talk about the goals, you know, and what's been accomplished because the state plan is so comprehensive and there are so many entities involved so I can pretty much speak to the strategies um, that the Department of Aging has done. Um, we've talked about the forum every year. It's you know, it's been well received. We've had great success with that every year. It's, it's wonderful, so I encourage everyone that can to attend. Um, We focused on the dementia friendly communities and really education and training. Um, A couple other things that we have done, we've explored partnerships, you know, working with the Alzheimer's Association and also dementia friends um, and really trying to raise awareness. Um, Another thing that um, we've encouraged is um, access and um, to electronic health records. But all of these strategies and all of the goals, really they require ongoing and continuous work for us all to be successful. Melissa, please go ahead.
2: Yeah, sure. And I think that right what Julie said at the end, the ongoing communication and the collaboration. Um, and I think that is something for the last, I would say, in particular, the last year and a half, two years, is something that the departments have been working to do. Um, like for example, um, when we were putting together this web page and the provider resources, um, we first went to aging and said, Hey, you know, let's let's not start with anything new. We know that you guys already have a, a lot of this information. Um, we know that a lot of people tend to go to you guys first, because there is that there is that misconception. There is that stigma that you're an older adult, which means you're gonna have memory issues, which is not the case. And it also affects younger people as well. So we said, let's see what you guys have pulled together and then we'll, we'll take it. Um, you know, we'll we'll pull together that information. We'll also get some information together, including risk reduction factors and like how Jen had referred to, um, you know, across the across the life spectrum and and really how um how folks can be um what do they need to do now before they um before they are um, more at risk to develop the disease? Are there things that can be done? Um, and again with it being you know a chronic issue um, treating it like one um, so at this point we're getting uh, more involved um, we are also part I know we talk um, with the department also about financial exploitation related issues um, which you know is a big issue for those um, with memory related disorders um, and we have some links on that on our website as well um, so it's really um, just working more collaboratively at this point
0: Okay, and again, I'll, I'll come back and uh, uh, just for uh, again, just an invite to all the speakers, if you can, uh, if you can log, um, if you can put your cameras on, it might, it would probably be a little bit helpful for me too, if you can. Uh, if not, I understand, but it'd be great. Brendan, uh, from your from your purview there, um, thoughts as to uh, how progress is being measured or how progress is being achieved.
4: Yeah, so, so just really speaking from from the Allegheny County AAA perspective, um, you know, we, we obviously work uh, is certainly through many of our programs directly under the, the purview of, of the Pennsylvania Department of Aging. So yeah, on, the, on some of those I may, I may defer to Julie. Um, however, I would say um, certainly just on um, the overall topic of of Alzheimer's and individuals with with cognitive um, incapacities. Um, Simply that that our agency um, has a a great deal of experience and resources available uh, to those individuals. Um, Certainly uh, for folks who also do not have a a cognitive uh, incapacity as well. Um, but, But that's really our role um is to serve those through you know our care management programs through our caregiver programs through our protective services programs and, and we're there as a resource for that uh primarily
0: yeah. well it's not I, I appreciate it now i'm gonna i'm gonna try and pepper a little bit here back and forth okay so so first off just subjectively in a way at all here to for your opinion this is what i want to know from your uh, opinion with it How would you grade Pennsylvania's uh, preparedness at this time for what is coming? So when we're talking about the 40,000 that are gonna be here uh, in about uh, two and a half years uh, to the higher projection numbers that I see for uh, um, 2030 and 2040. Uh, Jen, what would you give Pennsylvania's preparedness at this time?
1: Well, I I mean, I'm not gonna assign a grade. I would say that we are not prepared. I'm not going to go that far. And that sounds like enough to me. It's hard to level that, level set that, but um, you know, there. I think as we're looking, as we're seeing the projections going, you know, we. I, I'm happy to hear that there is the interest to have more of the, the cross departmental collaboration and and certainly looking at ways and we can pull even other departments in like the Department of Human Services and Labor and industry, um, you know. So I mean, I think looking forward, you know, from our perspective, it really comes down to we need those system wide changes, not necessarily um, you know, and, and we're not looking at the state to do this all. Absolutely not. We are looking at all of the partners, all of the stakeholders that have statewide representation of the industry, the other advocate groups, lots of the academic institutions and researchers and primary care people. There are so many people that need to be at the table that aren't right now talking collectively to to be able to address it moving forward.
0: Yeah, and thank you. I'm going to just because I want to keep moving real quick with I'm going to give you I I guess I'll say incomplete. Melissa, tell me something here. Your opinion. How's the state uh, preparation for the numbers that are coming here? We good to go um, in 2025 for those 40,000 people. We ready?
2: Are we ready? Um, I would say that we are doing our best at this point in time with the resources that we have available to us and this dedicated staff um, because I'll tell you what the people that that do this type of work are extremely dedicated and and really care for this population So, ha-
0: do you have the resources that are necessary to care for the influx of 40,000 in in the higher numbers that are within 10 years out.
2: Um. <laughs> It, it, it specifically. it's What do you mean by resources as you well? Said I mean, that you're pretty the best. broad. You We're said doing, you're doing what we yeah. can with, with yeah. what we have. But you're saying
0: um, you're doing, hold on there. You said you're doing the best with the resources that you have. So I appreciate it. You got 40,000 more yeah. people in about two and a half years. Yeah. You have uh, even uh, double of that within 10 years, uh, uh, more uh, than the 40,000. Uh, resources a problem or resource not a problem?
2: We would be happy to have more resources, Representative.
0: Uh, Julie?
2: I think Melissa's really
3: answered that question really well. Um, I and I probably would answer the question the same way. You know, we are really doing what we can within the resources we have. I'm very proud of everything that we have done um, with the task force and having the forums and our infographic is wonderful. And you know, we'll continue to forge that path and to continue to do what what we can.
4: Uh, Brendan. I, I'm going to echo both Melissa and Julie's responses as well. I, I, we're very proud of the efforts of our staff to do the, to do what they can with, with with the resources that we have.
0: Yeah, you know, look, at I appreciate it. it's a bit of a tough spot. There's there's no doubt about it. I'm going to be honest with you, though, man. I don't I don't believe it. So, um, you know, uh, it's not what I get when I talk to people. It's not what I get when I talk to uh, to families who are in. Uh, there's still so much in, re- in relation to navigation uh, and there's so much concern that comes in, especially with a challenge um, uh, to uh, staffing uh, that we are still coming across in so many of these related fields, right? So I, to be honest, I am I, I'm, I'm very concerned. Julie, you brought up some very good points. There's no doubt with the task force, uh, that uh, that was created. You guys have tried to fill in some of the gaps that the legislature has perhaps not given as much guidance on uh, in, in trying to uh, fulfill a, a mission. Um, so I, I definitely think you're right that there is a lot of good work that has been done. Uh, but I also think the word choices are are, are what they are. Uh, and uh, you know, that's, I get a little more flexibility to say some things than perhaps uh, some of uh, some of you guys. Let's talk about staffing. Uh, really quick look one of the things that I hear from people often uh, here is a concern about um, the quality of the staff both for uh, in-home services and facility-based services Uh, and what I'm getting is concerns about turnover uh, to a higher percentage this was never really a fantastically stable workforce uh, to begin with and what we're seeing here now How, how concerned are you guys in relation to having the trained staff uh, in a stabilized workforce for the numbers that are coming 40,000 in two and a half years and above. How concerned is the staffing question uh, for you guys? So uh, why don't we start off this time with uh, Julie?
3: Thank you. I mean, we all know that, you know, there is a crisis with direct care workers and caregivers being able to care um, for individuals. So, it, it, it is a growing concern, you know, among all of us and all of our agencies, you know, working together to take care of our consumers. Um, I'm sure that Brendan can probably speak a little bit more to what he sees in your county, um, since he works very close with that.
0: All right, let's jump over. Brendan, everything cool in, in uh, Allegheny? We, we're staffing, well, I, okay? I, I, yeah.
4: Yeah, thanks. Um, I I think Julie used uh, the most appropriate word, which is crisis. It truly is a a crisis in terms of lack of in home workers uh, for our seniors in Allegheny County. It has impacts um, for folks just who are um, approved and qualified for a program, but do not actually have the worker coming in the door because that worker's position is just not filled. The agencies just don't have the workers. Um, but it also has impacts, you know, further down the line. I would say for for older adult protective services, has has more cases, more of a volume coming in for folks who typically would have someone coming in to help with bathing, help with meal preparation, but the worker just is not there, and this person is on their own. So, it, it, Julie used the best word possible there. It truly is a crisis.
0: Melissa, if you agree with with the word choices of, of Brendan and Julie concerned about a crisis or that there is a problem with staffing, what what do you think can be done or do you have some thoughts as to what we can do to help sort of uh, reverse that trend and sort of strengthen the resiliency of our of our care system?
2: Well, that's a uh, that's a pretty deep question. Um, and This is, I would say yes, it's been exacerbated, particularly under COVID, but there has always been a a staffing staffing related issues. Um, I know that there are, um, it depends on who you ask um, as to what the solution is. Do you do you pay workers more? Are they paid appropriately? Um, Do you increase um, the reimbursement on on Medicaid for for, um, the folks that are being taken care of? um, And also to help them. You you, you gotta do
0: that though, right Melissa? I mean, the. those rates are too low. I mean, aren't are, are they not?
2: I'm not going to speak on that. However, the question Jen, Jen was is nodding her
0: head. Jen was
2: saying. Yeah. us <laughs> well, turn I, it over I, to, I to, let's turn agree. it over to Jen yes. on that. Um, but the conversation is is out there, and there, there is a a lot of back and forth on on what 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 do we do to ultimately to ultimately help out folks and to help and to help the workforce out. At this point in time, especially with um, the increase in senior population that that we're seeing.
0: Well, and and that's Allegheny County. I mean, right. So I mean, you know, uh, Brendan knows the age of our of our county and Western PA in general. Uh, you know, Jen, uh, uh, those rates are, are, are ridiculous, right? Uh, they're too low. They need to be indexed to inflation uh, and, and moved up on. No. Nope. Uh,
1: would would agree with that one hundred percent. Um, you know, there's, and, and to Melissa's point, there's a variety of issues, pay, um, you know, it, it is certainly from the industry standpoint, it's, it's the reimbursement rate. That's that's a factor, and that needs to be adjusted. Um, and then when you just look at the workforce generally, it's,
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, you know, it is the lack of pay. Um, it is, we hear, we actually hear a lot about training, um, n- not having enough training, and, and specifically when it comes to, you know, I, I think about not only providing those home and community-based services, but also long-term care settings, so your nursing homes and your personal care homes, um, staffing ratios, staffing—you um, know—complement right. to be able to deliver the person-centered care that's necessary. But when you don't have a workforce that is there, um, or there's such high turnover, that's a problem. So this truly is one of the biggest—you um, know—policy quandaries um, that. You know, certainly needs to continue to be addressed. Um, you know, by by decision makers um, yeah. to see how we better support this workforce. Well, but um, but yes, it yeah. so is a crisis. Would agree and there I, as well.
0: And I know that we're going a little bit over, so let me try to wrap up a, a, in, a in a quick thing here with it. But so look, I, I very much appreciate it. Like I said, whatever your problem was before the pandemic most of the time it's worse after the pandemic we're dealing here in my district right now with a, uh, a skilled nursing or personal care uh, shutdown uh, to one of the facilities here and, and it is uh, uh, scary for many drastic uh, and, and raises a bunch of, of concerns uh, for uh, the, those who are living there and those who have loved ones there alike so there's a lot there um, look let me ask you this uh, here if uh, if you guys could make Um, uh, a a change, a singular change Uh, coming up in this uh, next year, new governor, maybe stay out of that, but a new session with the legislature here. Uh, In order for us to strengthen uh, our our plan here uh, for this influx of more Pennsylvanians with Alzheimer's, uh, what would you want to see the legislature prioritize? So uh, let me go, I'll go to Jen first. She probably has it like right there. So Jen, what would you want to see?
1: (laughs) It is um, dedicated state funding that would create a dementia public health infrastructure in the Department of Health. And that includes the staffing, the codification of the state plan, and a dedicated robust ADRD Advisory Committee
0: put a lot into that, but OK, we'll let that we'll let that go. Brendan, what do you think? What's the one thing we need to do to help you do, you know, do everything you'd like to do as far as helping people?
4: Yeah, so I, I might go back a little bit to what we were just talking about with, with the in-home worker crisis, because I, I really think it's that acute um, and it, 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 it spreads really to all areas uh, of our work and um, what i would say um, if i can get on my soapbox a little bit um, there's certainly a financial component to it but i also think um, as a society how we value those in-home workers needs to be re-evaluated this is this is a job that takes care of our grandparents aunts uncles moms fathers and in as a society the more we can value that work in addition and pay them you know accordingly um, I, I think that's, that, that will really help solve a lot of the other issues um, that it's currently impacting. Julie, what do you think?
3: I think I'd like to see a lot more collaboration, a lot more partnerships, because uh, like I've mentioned before, we can't do this. Each one of us can't do it. We have to do it all together. We have to band together. We have to be partners and we have to move our initiatives forward together. So that's what I'd like to see. Melissa.
2: Agree, I agree with all three. I think um, workforce shortages. um, You also need to have more collaboration um, and you also need to have a dedicated funding resource.
0: Last thing of of this here, too, is uh, the families. So somebody had referenced 401,000 unpaid caregivers. Okay, so uh, that's obviously a massive figure. It's a figure that's probably just going to keep going up. what what should we be doing to help our caregivers um you know in any way what should we be prioritizing to help Uh, melissa thoughts
2: i think um you know without specifically again saying further resources um it's really just making them aware of the of the resources that are perhaps already out there, so especially at the local levels and the community levels, um, support groups that are available. Um, I, I, I'm trying to think what else really. I I, I would prefer to refer to uh, Brendan and Jen though. They they would really know better than I would as far Brendan? as the local community resources. Sure.
4: Brendan, what do you think? Yeah, Melissa's right. We, we we do have local resources. It, um, I, I referenced briefly um in our overview of area agency on aging programs, we have a dedicated caregiver support program. That's what the program it, it really exists to to support caregivers, both um, in terms of training and resources, but also financially with 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 reimbursement to those caregivers. So I, I think this question is a perfect setup to another plug for our caregiver support program. Julie?
3: Yeah, and I just like to kind of echo what Brendan said um, with the Caregiver Support Program. Um, It's a wonderful resource for our caregivers um, with, you know, the financial reimbursement, also access to education, benefits counseling, and support groups. So I, I just encourage everyone that might be in that situation that doesn't know about that resource to contact their local AAA. They'll be able to assist.
0: Uh, Jen, take us home with a final thought.
1: So I would also I would 100% exemplify everything that they said, but I would also be remiss if I did not say that we do. Also, the Alzheimer's Association is available to through our helpline, and that number is 800-272-3900. And that is available to anybody that needs help needs, has questions, needs information Um, in addition to the wonderful things that the AAAs are doing. um, Would absolutely recommend that. Um, But again, you know, you mentioned to Representative Miller and appreciate this is a growing public health crisis. And so I'm looking forward to collaborating with the General Assembly and the the new administration, um, the Department of Health and Department of Aging and other departments and stakeholders across the state to truly move the needle in changing the trajectory of this disease. Um, and so I'm really looking forward to more work that we can all participate in uh, together.
0: Well, listen, thank you. And and I know we went a bit long, to be honest. I feel like I have another hour in me, but you guys don't. So, uh, you know, at least not today. So I, I appreciate uh, the discussion. Uh, look, before we say goodbye uh, with it um, for today, um, You know, look, I I really feel first off, thank you, everybody, for the work that you do Um, and and of course for joining us here today. And I know we pushed a little bit into some things. To be honest, I feel like the issue has to be pushed, Um, you know, and it's got to be something where we need the leadership and legislature and hopefully whatever will be the decision and the governor's uh, race as well uh, to to prioritize some of the work that you guys have been doing um, has been tremendous without much real funding to to bring it home uh, and uh, given the numbers that we see um, you know look i was uh and you know, i was a firefighter in my town for a long time uh one of the last um incidents i was called on actually i, I called in on uh was um on a cold night after training up here on washington road uh I, I i was driving home uh and i saw a woman in the middle of the road uh the woman had no shoes on uh it was probably you know 38 degrees something like this uh no shoes on some degree of um uh like some sort of uh something to sleep in um and uh was clearly get uh, was was not doing well uh i pulled over um talked to her got her into uh, one of my fire uh, coats there to get to kind of keep her warm uh and made a call and, um, you know, uh, her, she had Alzheimer's uh, she lived right here uh, and she was in that sort of gray area between living alone um, and not and the challenges of, of what that meant for her and her family to find safety, especially when the, some of the wandering had been picking up, uh, some of the wandering afterwards. It, there was a lot of fear in her eyes. Um, and she knew that something was wrong. Uh, she would kind of missed a couple steps along the way, but she knew something was wrong. Uh, and while we sat there waiting for uh, Merza and, and uh, the, the police department to come, um, there's a lot of humanity that we all can recognize in those eyes. Uh, and um, that is a very um, a, a, a challenging thing. All diseases are, are horrible. Uh, few diseases rob the person of so much um as alzheimer's does uh, i'm very concerned that uh, the state uh, is only doing window dressing and what concerns me the most is that we are at a time with billions of dollars in a in a legislative bank account sitting there okay sitting there that's after we uh, the budget is done it's it's surplus right now we couldn't get a half million dollars to help sort of organize some of the work here that we've talked about today, and while we've done some things for some care workers, we clearly don't have a larger plan and initiative to stabilize this, to figure out where some things are wrong, uh, and to better plan for this influx that's coming. So uh, talking with you, I've been very helpful, uh, and you know I thank you for it. Um, and I know I pushed uh, on a couple spots, so I apologize. Uh, but but I am very disappointed that we can report a little bit better and doesn't mean good work isn't being done. But um, it would be nice if Pennsylvania uh, led the nation in planning for it's clearly uh, you know, a population that, that is here, knowing the age in particular of Western PA uh, and, and, and is in a better position. Uh, so I really hope that is something in the next term that we can do. So if we do this discussion again in a year, we have even stronger things to report. With that, I want to thank, again, Melissa Myers, Julie Seavey, Brendan Hanley, Jenny Iversol, I hope I got that right, so uh, from the Alzheimer's Association. I want to thank all of you again for making some time. Uh, we appreciate that. Thank you, everybody, for watching or listening. Uh, again, we'll look to make some of the, uh, the um, audio, uh, the visual presentations available uh, online, but we, we thank you so much, and we'll look forward to seeing you at our next event soon.